Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Just Jack and Will early and ad-free. Find Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Sean! Eric! (laughs) What if we just left it there? Oh, Eric, my friend. I think that's all people need to hear. (laughs) What's the Will and Grace episode for today? I'm so excited. And who are we talking to about it? Okay, this is one that I've thought about a lot over the years, but I don't think I've seen it really since it aired. The gang Mm -hmm. goes out of town for a weekend in Karen's cabin, because Karen Mm -hmm. has all things, including a cabin. And we've got yeah. the writer of the episode, one of our writers that we loved, uh, Dava Savell, is here to mm-hmm. tell us all about it. I can't wait. I do remember this word. I do remember that a little bit of the episode, uh, filming it. So yeah. let me spramp some water on my face. <laughs> it's just Jack. It will. Theme song, theme song. Listeners, thank you yes. for coming back for another episode of Just Jack and Will, the podcast where we break down a Will and Grace episode every single week, like it every single week. or not. Like yeah, not. every single week. Every week. Um, but I have a subject I would like to talk to you about, leftovers. Um, I think I like them, but mostly just Chinese food. We ordered <laughs> Chinese food yesterday. So for breakfast today, I had Chinese food. But I, but I can't, but leftovers in general, I can't eat except maybe Thanksgiving dinner. Otherwise, it um, feels icky. Like, yeah. can, you eat, can you eat like cold pizza? Can you eat cold no. meatballs? No, no. Can you I eat think that's, cold? Uh, I think that's the, the first um, moment you realize that society is sick when people are eating pizza from the fridge. <laughs> it's not right. Um, but there are certain things uh, that I can warm up again. Uh, for sure. Anything that is stew-like or like a curry with rice that I can just quickly warm up. I love that. That's an easy... Uh, but homemade, though, right? Like, if you ordered it out, you can't reheat. Maybe, though. Re- if, it was, if it was good takeout. But I don't, I don't do takeout that much. Um, though I do, do you at, cook? I, I, I do at the moment. Because uh, I'm... Yeah, cause, I was going to say, in New York here, while you're doing your show, uh, The Cottage, everybody wants to see it. It's so good. Except this... Don't see it this week. Well, this week... See, well, by the time you hear this, this is old news. But uh, I'm doing a lot of leftovers because um, myself and my co-star just were uh, announced positive. COVID positive. Because I mean, we're just... We're nostalgic that way. Um, yeah. And so here we're we both out. Again. So uh, please, you know, maybe our understudies are fantastic, but maybe wait another week. Um, yeah. But yeah, so in the meantime... Food that I'd sort of because I eat out in restaurants a lot. Do you yeah. hear? I can't remember. If I do. You do. I, yeah. I do. Um, I mean, for this show, I just kind of come home and make a right. sandwich, and I yeah. often do too. But so I have stuff in the fridge, but now I'm looking at it differently. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like now the person that you weren't that attracted to, and then you're in an igloo <laughs> for the next six months. And you're like, right. suddenly right. you look very hot to me. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm looking exactly. at uh, you know cans of soup, going. Mm-hmm. I know. We I, every. It was almost like every cupboard in in America has at least one or two soup cans that have been in there for quite a while. And just like, okay, yeah, I actually like chicken noodle soup tonight. Like, Yeah, I think there's a cream of mushroom that that my parents handed down to me. It was in the will, and I still have not opened it. (laughs) Well, Uh, I mean, you probably didn't start out as cream of mushroom. Now it's cream of mushroom. Yeah, who knows what it is now. It's Hitler's brain. Uh, Speaking of food, though, it's time for Just Facts. <laughs> nice, nice segue. Uh, the fact is, folks, this was uh, our seventeenth episode. It was called "Secrets and Lays." Mm-hmm. An original air date was March twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. This is, by the way, the last episode of Will and Grace aired that aired on th- Tuesday nights. 
um, from 118 onward, it was always Thursdays. This is so, it was so exciting. I remember, not specifically the moment, but I, I the, the feeling that we were going to be on what used to be the Seinfeld night, what was still very much the Friends night. Uh, right. Huge, gigantic. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool as a new show yeah. to be partnered with. Um, the summary of this one is the gang spent a weekend at Karen's cabin in Vermont because Grace is trying to distract Will from his upcoming anniversary with ex-boyfriend Michael. How mm. sweet is she? However, she meets an old high school flame and struggles to keep the weekend romance out of Will's sight so he won't feel even more alone, which There's is a, very, very just, kind I mean, of her. The codependence that we put on television, episode <laughs> yeah. after episode, and yeah. eventually yeah. Jack and Karen find their own codependence. Yeah. It's, amazing. Yeah. it's not a phrase I knew at the time, but now it's like, oh yeah. my God, these people can't do anything without each other. I know, but I liked it. It was because you guys, I, yeah. I like it. It's a, It was a solid friendship. Um, the writer, as you said, is Dava Savelle. I can't wait to uh, see her again because I haven't seen her. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Um, uh, you want to talk about the guest cast? Sure. The guest wait? cast was um, my fellow Canadian, David Sutcliffe. Now, I knew David a little bit when he did this show. I haven't seen him in years, and I can't remember when last I saw him. I, I don't think he came. Did he come and do the, the reboot? I don't think so. But I don't think so. Um, but Because I, I, when he came out, when I watched the episode, I was like, oh, I, he looked so familiar, and I yeah. didn't know why. And then he he's known for playing Rory's dad on Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls uh, had a nice run on Gilmore Girls, uh, and a lovely, lovely man, and particularly handsome in this episode. He is now yeah, retired and working as a life coach. Um, yeah. And someone else, the only real other um, guest star, although there was a third guest star that we'll talk about. Um, but the other guest star, um, Paul, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Paul Gretsch. Gutrecht uh, uh, as the bartender, also now retired uh, from the uh, acting world, smart guy, yeah. and working to help marriages as a family therapist. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, sir. You're doing God's work. <laughs> and by the way, yeah. And then, <laughs> and as I was watching, I was like, oh, he's very good looking, this Paul Gutrecht guy. Whatever yeah. how you say his name. Oh, yeah, the, the bartender, yeah. Um, and I was like, why? I was. This is just an example of me being so in my head and worried and, and panicked and anxiety about memorizing lines and blocking and being funny and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I didn't, I was like, why didn't I hit on that guy in real life? Why didn't you? At, at, it, at the that, time, probably. <laughs> I was probably too nervous. You have an but, international uh, audience right now, Sean. Everyone <laughs> is listening. Maybe um, this is I'm very chance. happy with my husband, Scotty. Thank you very much. Paul, <laughs> so you're not, so uh, not going to hit on the marriage therapist? <laughs> 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 All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. You're both very good in the episode. But yes. someone else that was in the episode. Now, should we talk about this when we get to the scene? Sure, you can talk about it now. Okay. I, uh, again, totally forgotten about this. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't. I didn't remember either until our producer reminded yeah. us. Well, if you've watched the episode, we hope you have. It's always more fun to listen to the two of us yak if you have. But uh, we go to the only gay bar in uh, a thousand miles from the cabin, and once we get our drinks, there's one older gay man there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was Tom Bosley of Happy Days. Yeah, Mr. Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham. And we were still first season. It was like, this is cool. You know, I, I don't know about yeah. you. I had a tremendous uh, Happy Days connection in like eighth, ninth yeah. grade. Yeah, I watched it all the time. Yeah. But there was Tom Bosley. And I think he was one of those. <laughs> I think my memory of certain guys like Hal Linden or Tom Bosley was that yeah. they, they don't they don't know what this show is. They're, no, right. Their agent got them a job. One yeah, right. scene. Jesus. All right, right. Whatever. I'll do one scene. I I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. 
And then I, th- I don't even think he knew that he was playing a gay character. I, I, I can't remember. Dava will know, and that's what I'm dying to talk to her about. But yeah, we filmed yes. it. We filmed it, and it's nowhere to be seen. It was not used. I know. Wasn't it? About, it wasn't aired. I even? don't think so. Wow. Uh, I think I remember hearing because this was a time when once in a while we, we, they wouldn't come to us about it. We just hear after the fact that oh, we're we're not asking Cindy Lauper back, or yeah. we're not doing this, or so and so is not coming. And we were the last to know, and we often didn't know why. But in this case, yeah, there was no Tom Bosley scene. Anyway, we'll talk I, about that more when we get to the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on this day in 1999, March 23rd, top of the U.S. charts is shares. Do you believe? <laughs> with the electronic voice thing. I love um, your auto tune. <laughs> 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 it's third week at number one. By the way, I remember when Cher, before she was even on Will and Grace, just that she had this massive comeback with that song. Mm-hmm. And just like this revived career. Not that her career was doing badly at all. She had a couple like of, she was, of she major Cher. hits at a time when we sort of thought, okay, well, we all know what Cher is, and that's that's in the past. Yes, and it was so cool. And when is she? When is she it's up to Cher's you. Cher's going to come when, on. I'm going to make her come on. I'm going to make her come on. Cher's going to come on eventually. I'll go to her house if that's what it takes. And then two days earlier, March 21st, the 71st Oscars were televised. And and this is the first time it had ever been aired on a Sunday. Um ABC was trying to capitalize on the uh, ratings of the previous year's telecast when Titanic had won, which is weird. That's, I'm like, it doesn't matter what night it's on, does it? It's the, it's the Oscars. Well, I mean, the, this goes on forever and ever, but the, the belief that the Oscars should be as, as much viewed as a Super Bowl. There was a time, right. like when Titanic's yeah. nominated, that that's yeah. a, um, a worthy goal, I suppose. It's just it's proved... <laughs> To be less and less and less so as people don't see the movies and the movies yeah. are smaller. But um, it's the pictures that got smaller. Uh, but yeah, that was a giant. And But it was also the freaking Oscars that got bigger. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I like yeah. a good Oscar telecast, but four hours? Come on. Yeah, it's 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 too long. It's too and, long. and back then, uh, I got this little in, in our notes, is 45.5 million viewers tuned in that night. And of course, they were worried that was quote, only that many viewers. And now it's uh, 18 million people tuned yeah. in this year. Yeah, maybe. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's the recap of um, one of my favorite parts of this whole podcast. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. I wish that. we had better memories and we could say, here's what I did exactly that day. Here was my afternoon. Well, well you know, if we were Mary Lou Henner, we exactly. could do that, but we're not Mary Although, Lou Although all I'd remember, because my, my, my show days... We're always identical, and I—it's I, a—it's a, a theater habit that I need to do things. I would sure, say it's yeah. OCD, but like it's superstitious. It's superstitious. Yeah. Like I need to. So I would always go home. Well, you guys usually yes. do. You know, you, I love that because for for people who are listening, this is one the many times I became jealous of Eric McCormick, which was he lived literally down the street, um, two minutes. <laughs> yeah. From the, from the studio. Yeah. So all that those years, so cool. uh, and even closer during the reboot. So um, I, I would, we would finish the, our final sort of, it wasn't even a dress rehearsal, really. There was no clothes, but but it was a full on run of the show. And, and then we'd have a few hours, which to me, if I was sort of in my dressing room, would be interminable. You- um, and you'd go, uh, so, you'd go bananas. Yeah, so go. what did, so what did you do different at home that you wouldn't, didn't do Probably in your dressing room? nothing that I couldn't do in my dressing room. It was just a feeling. At least you had space. And I, and I have the same thing here in New York. I live close enough to the theater on purpose so that I can go home and just sort of relax, not, not talk to anybody, shave. I always shave right before the show. And, uh, and that was probably what I was doing on that day. 
1999. <laughs> uh, when we come back, guys, we'll be talking about cabins and Karen's cooking. Stick around for more. Just Jack. And Will. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Jack, that's not a word. Uh, yeah, it is. Use it in a sentence. Every morning, I spramp my face with cold water. Spramp your face. What the hell is that? Yeah, spramp. Spramp. <laughs> the bubbles from a jacuzzi spramp up. Note how the sea spramps off the jagged racks. rocks. <laughs> you do not spramp because no one has ever spramped anything in the history of language. Jeez, what a carpooch. <laughs> um, I love uh, that. I was going to wait till we get to it. Um, I love one of my too. favorite lines in the whole show was when you go, just because you use your hands doesn't make it a word. <laughs> <laughs> this reminded me, I want to say it's the first ever episode of Seinfeld, or at least the first four, like before anybody was watching it, they were playing Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Yes, Kramer puts down a word, and Jerry's like, That's, what is that? What does that word mean? And he says, quone, to quone something. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's stuck with me always. So. This feels oh, like a little, interesting. a little homage. They, yeah, a little homage. So we start in Will and Grace's apartment. Will and Grace is packing for a weekend away. Did, and did I miss it that it was Karen's cabin mentioned in the first season? I mean, the first uh, scene? I think I think so, but it may not have come up till the second one. But uh, yeah, because I was like, "Where where are they going? Where are they?" And I love that um, Deb's earmuffs that she had them on inside to indicate to us as an audience member cold weather's coming. Yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh. And then it was that. fashion. It was sort of part of the fashion. Um, yeah. and it was kind of fun. I mean, we don't get to do yeah. a lot of wintry stuff on a sitcom, so yeah. I, and I like that line when she said, "We'll do fun fun things with a carrot." <laughs> and <Yeah>. I said. <laughs> I suddenly went cockney. Just, oh, do yeah. me vegetables. Uh, yeah, I love that. No I idea that. why. Um, I'm not excited about the whole weekend, obviously, because I know, I know in my heart what's going on. They're trying to smokescreen me because this is the anniversary of Michael leaving. Yes, I you know, know, which at, is sweet. At this point, Michael is one of those, like Norm's wife. You know, we've never seen him. Um, it's just, we've heard three references maybe in the whole season to the fact that I had a, a romance that broke up. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if at this moment the audience 
remembers how long we were together or anything. I, I really have no idea if it's if it landed. I would have loved long. like in ret- like watching the show now. I would have loved if the Michael thing was recurring, and it was for a while. Eventually, sort you, of, yeah. You, yeah, but but like I wish it was the Sam Diane thing. The, for for the eight whole eight season, like I wish we would have found somebody. I mean, look, the show worked out great. Yeah, it, it did, uh, and we eventually <laughs> did sort of have that with, yeah. um, with several characters. Well, certainly with Bobby Cannavale. Um, yeah. You had it with uh, with Brian uh, eventually in the uh, yeah in the reboot in the reboot. Uh, and of course, we had Woody Harrelson. Um, for for and and then Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin and oh, yeah. John Cleese eventually yes. for yes 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 for Karen. So the idea that boyfriends uh, of a certain stature would matter uh, huge, but I think this time because it was almost a plot point. It's like we don't need you to know Michael. We just need you to know that Grace is the one helping him through it. Right, and your heart aches. I think uh, they were afraid then, to commit. Yeah. And then I enter with uh, Megan doing this insane cheer thing. I don't know how they thought of that or why. Oh, you probably crazy. did. <laughs> no, this, I don't. That know. one struck me as that's eh, probably Shawnee <laughs> fucking around. That is, that uh, was just so loose. You probably it was probably written, and then I was like, "Hey, can I sing it or something? Yeah, yeah. or something stupid." Um, and then you know, Grace tells us, me and Karen, about the Will's mind off of his anniversary with ex, your ex. And uh, but we're not really listening, which I like that it was a secret. I love any show where there's a secret and, nobody, and you know all people know except one person. Yeah, but you knew, you knew, like you said, you knew. <laughs> I like your little puppet with the uh, with the scarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am scared. I have the gift you give your boyfriend before you dump him. I cost twelve dollars. Yeah, that was funny. And then, um, and then I love you know I'm a sucker for the physical stuff when yeah. she pulls the scarf off. Oh, that was good. And I that don't want to cut to the end, but I'm going to cut to the end. I love that episode. I love that moment at the end of the episode. But anyway. Uh, with the scarf. Um, yeah. Karen's blow, and to our listeners, we all know what a blow is mm-hmm. now. It's the last joke of a scene. Uh, and I'm like, who am I t- thinking about? The bleached hair tattoo goatee guy mm-hmm. who I broke up with. God, I don't know, honey. You just described a needle in a gay stack. I mean, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's funny. <laughs> uh, it's so, but it's also, I feel like it's one of those ones that they must have had a list of like, at some point we have to fit in needle in a gay mm-hmm. stack. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I like got uh, the bag full of. It made me laugh out loud in that uh, moment. Same. Here we are in the cabin, and uh, we always talk about Glenda's sets. Um, mm-hmm. Early on, there weren't a ton of opportunities to create new spaces, but so for us, I remember this cabin was very exciting. It felt yeah. it felt very beautiful and rich. Yes, yes. and even the, the 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 stuff outside when you open the doors, it's just, it it all looked so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she said, Glenda said, she based the idea of Karen's cabin like on photos of what, super wealthy people like Steven Spielberg or Kevin Costner, stuff that she saw in Architectural Digest. Yeah. And um, so, I, yeah, I loved it. And one, th- one thing I learned from being on uh, sets now my whole life is to spot fake snow and seeing all <laughs> the fake snow, right, outside. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's really fake snow, but it looks real. Uh, only fake to me, but at the same time, it looks real. But obviously, we can't have real snow on the set because the lights would melt it immediately. But I have to say, the fake frost on the windows, that was like blew my mind. It yeah, looked completely real. Do, I know, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. great. We would eventually have real yes. snow on the yes. show. Um, yes. 
Christmas episode of 2002, I think. Yeah, uh, I do remember, I remember that. They created all this snow, and then we had, that's when we had our Christmas party. Um, yes. Uh, my son Finn was that. just uh, five months old. And uh, we have pictures of you guys and, and him, and, and, and all this real snow, the kids, all the uh, crews. Yes, I totally running. remember that. So fun. Yeah. Uh, everybody walks in carrying luggage. It's hysterical. <laughs> Karen's Grace, honey, six inches from the walls. I can tell you're a basher. That's <laughs> hysterical. I love this conversation. This is such a Jack thing about bringing up the idea that if we get snowed in, who do we eat? <laughs> it's so bizarre and hysterical like, I, that they wrote that. Uh, it reminded me of um, one of our guest stars that I just mentioned, John Cleese. Mm-hmm. There was a Monty Python bit. I'm not even sure it was, if it was ever filmed. I, I just know it from uh, an album called um, Matching Tie and Handkerchief, in which you could hear that several sailors are stranded at sea. And um, one of them says, still no sign of land. How long has it been? It's been 29 days. 29 days. And finally we hear Cleese say, boys, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I don't see any real hope. So I think it's time. I would like you to eat me. <laughs> and one of them says, eat you, sir? He goes, yes. I've got a gammy leg and there's no hope for me. And then somebody says, oh, eat you with a gammy leg? And he says, well, you don't have to eat the leg, Thompson. Look at that arm. And he goes on and on about the fight. And this is what it reminded me of this, <laughs> this idea that we were actually competitive to see about candy, candy, Karen, because there's nothing natural in the body, which is hilarious. <laughs> or digestible. Yeah. That was hysterical. I'm too petite. Yeah. Uh, good soup. Your, you're going to get from me. Uh, Grace is chewy. Yes, Love that. That was hysterical. And, but of course I'm really uh, heavy. So I, in Jack's world. Shoot. So, and by the way, you're the thinnest one out of anybody uh, on that stage. But it was so funny. I, I love that funny bit. Yeah, I do too. And then there's another wonderful bit that happens in this scene of Karen not being able to remember the names of any of the people that work for her. Yes. She, she can only remember when she puts it into a sentence. <laughs> yeah. um, Stan, yeah. take the kids to see that bitch. Kathy! Kathy! That's, I mean, she... <laughs> Really, again, really funny, really funny. funny writing. Uh, and then I love the idea. For one second, it looks like Megan's going to get some action because he knows yep. her. Campbell yep. knows her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then quickly it's like, oh, they went to high school, him and Grace. So yeah, that gets yeah. set up. Um, I always will always love any opportunity the writers had to have Karen <laughs> insult us. Yes. But <laughs> I think my favorite was her referring to us as... Waylon Flowers and Madam, which may be a reference a lot of people don't remember, but in the 70s on, you know, the Dean Martin roast or Carol Burnett, Mm -hmm. uh, this Waylon Flowers was this ventriloquist and Madam was a really ugly, strange looking paper mache old woman. Like old woman, yeah. 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 Cheeks. Yeah. But pretty kind of, kind of racy. For, for, yeah. the, for the time. Anyway, uh, what a perfect, funny description. of That is, that made me laugh. Jack I was like, <laughs> oh, and then I have a series of reviews, uh, made up reviews. Overacted, said the New York Times. Yes. Uh, yes. That, that's ironic, because <laughs> the New York Times didn't like either of us. So, <laughs> I off. thought that too. I thought that was like, um, um, so yeah. funny that, uh, uh, and then Karen's roast comes out of that. <laughs> that's, that was hysterical. That was no. really funny when she, when she comes out of the roast and it, it looks completely raw. Yeah, which upset me because I thought, wait a minute, it's not like the, the traditional gag where you pull something out and it's burnt. Burnt, right. This is like, just put it in for f- three more hours. Because it looks, a, what a beautiful looking roast. I know, I thought it looked good. 
And then he said he throws it out. He threw it out in the lake or something. I was like, oh, that image yeah. stuck with me. Fish eating a raw rib. But rose. I can't believe you stuck that fork in it and it, lift, and it lifted the whole <laughs> thing. Like, that was impressive. I was really strong back then. <laughs> hey, guys. Elevating your style used to mean breaking the bank. But with Quince, you can get high-end, versatile pieces at prices you can actually afford. Grab some luxury essentials that sync with your vibe and your wallet. Quince has all the must-haves like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit active wear. And the best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Also, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I ordered the Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweater. I love, love, love it. It's super, super soft. It's very warm. It's like wearing a sweater. And they just got even more of their Mongolian cashmere line back in stock. I'm so excited. They got a full zip or like a pullover hoodie, a turtleneck sweaters, and they all look so, so, so comfy. I love it. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Jack Will for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Jack Will to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Jack Will. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know, after you enroll with your Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. And then when we're winding down, this is one of your lines that made me laugh too. Um, uh, hey, we can make s'mores. And he's like, Miss Adler, of all the counselors here at Camp Walker, you're my favorite. <laughs> Camp Walker. That, that's the thing. Now, you, you were asking earlier about, about uh, leftovers. Yeah. S'mores is a thing I just never got. Ooh, I can't get enough of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Me. I, think I make them at home. I, yeah? I make them off the, off the stove. I think it's because graham crackers, I don't quite get. They're a little dry. And, and then marshmallow <laughs> is something that... Particularly when people put it into Thanksgiving food. I, I don't know how to process it. It's just like, yeah. because, because <laughs> all the people that came across on the Mayflower were just like dying to eat the marshmallows. The marshmallows. And um, it's, the, yeah, the it's processed, weird. like the, sugary <laughs> food. Yeah. Can't wait to get to the new world and invent marshmallows. Um, I love the little pun about Campbell's soup. That was hysterical. Yes. Oh, what was that? What, what did she describe him? Don't, don't uh, you want to find out if he's mm-hmm, good? good. Yeah. Got another reference. So many of the, the references were to us being kids. Yeah, um, I know. Because um, that one goes back. But the grace, the grace thing about her, you know, it's funny, like sitting watching it, and you're like, you do root for both of you to be involved. Like, you, Jacket, you never worry about, and Karen's married. So you spend the whole time, at least I do, rooting for you guys to, right. like, find love, you know? And so here I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope this works out. I hope this works out for Grace. Like, I'm genuinely invested. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think this was a time when we, and we've discussed this before, but the balance was a little off. And, I, and they, they it, between Will and Grace, it's very easy on a sitcom in 1999 to have a beautiful, daffy woman like Grace uh, have a new 
suitor every week. And you know, mm-hmm. we have one more handsome actor to come in and deliver a few uh, funny straight man lines. Um, it's another thing to say up to America, and we're going to discuss this in a couple of scenes because this is a very big memory for me. Um, but it's, very, it's just harder to say, oh, and we, you're also supposed to root just as much for the guy to find a right. handsome guy as well. And someone like right. uh, David Sutcliffe could easily have played my boyfriend. You know, there right. was just, there was a, we were beginning eight straight seasons of, of uh, Tracy uh, Lillianfeld, our, our casting director, bringing in probably a lot of the same people. And it's yeah, like, eight gay seasons, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's like, so this week I, you're auditioning for Will's boyfriend, and this week yeah. you're auditioning for the hot guy that Jack likes, and this guy, I mean, yeah. you know, it's a, which is really interesting. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, yeah, that is interesting. It, it must be interesting to be, yeah, that's such a good point, like, because we were on the show. But if I wasn't on the show, I would have probably got a call to audition to play right. and, 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 the boyfriend you know, of you or Jack. The thing that took me a while to realize when I first got to L.A. was that good casting directors, they may not be able to cast you this time, but they remember you. They know exactly. Mm-hmm. They, have, they think. And, and so there's probably a number of times where guys just kept coming back out. And uh, is this the one? Is, is this the one where we put David in or whatever? So Yeah. I find that interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I know, it is interesting. Then we're playing, Karen and I are playing strip poker. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, honey, why uh, are we doing on. this? Let, let, let's talk about your body for just a second. Yeah, well, let me tell Come you, I did, I did so many push-ups before we started. I said, Jimmy, I'm not even kidding. I said, Jimmy, can I go in the back and do some push-ups? He's like, for what? I go, I got to just, I'm, I'm self-conscious. I got like, so that's why I look a little more pumped <laughs> than usual. <laughs> no, you were all, I mean, I love that because we've talked about how Jimmy wanted to keep you in Banana Republic so that you'd look innocent. It's like, yeah. without that shirt, there's no innocence. <laughs> that's just a big, hairless, pumped up. Beautiful body, you're looking great. Gay man, yeah, gay man, and with, but, and, but also with that freaking hat on at the same time. <laughs> I know that's the thing. I was like, well, you know, I'm self conscious about my body because I was single and I was, you know, single and on the prowl and in my twenties, yeah, on a TV show. So if everybody's gonna look at me, I want to look good. And then, but then that, you get thrown into that hat and that fur coat, <laughs> like it kind of cancels out the body. But anyway. Um, that was really funny when Karen's like, honey, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah. It's strip poker. It's strip poker. We just keep playing until we're both naked. And then. <laughs> that was this wonderful recurring thing that I, as far as I can remember, recurred for seasons and seasons of the two of you knowing you were attracted to each other on a, on a weird, sick way. It wasn't yeah. heterosexual. Uh, it was strictly what, what, why are we doing this? Why did we just make out? Yeah, why yeah, is your yeah, finger yeah. up my ass? What, yeah. you know what I mean? And you, yeah. But you'd get far enough along that you'd eventually go, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's a funny runner. And then the whole Bigfoot thing, that was really funny. Yeah. Grace is coming back and <laughs> thinks she's a... You think she's Bigfoot or something? I'm spramped um, if she says I'm spramped if I do. I'm spramped if I don't. <laughs> Lovely callback. Yeah. I love that. And then, uh, did you think about uh, those dating apps like Grinder or Tinder or whatever that give you how many, how close something is? You know, or this is before cell phones and Google course, Maps right, and right. dating apps. And and Jack goes, "There's a bar. There's a gay bar exactly 5.3 miles north northwest of here. right. It's like Gator. Which is no, a hilarious, hilarious notion, as you say, 24 years ago." Mm-hmm. Um, but he was right. And we walk in yeah, yeah. and except for Tom Bosley, <laughs> uh, yeah. it is empty, but that lovely 
bit. Are you sure this is a gay bar? And then I will survive comes on. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being a very big laugh. Didn't you do one take where you hit the jukebox like Fonzie did? And that's when Tom Bosley came in. Ah, uh, could be. And, and the, but I think they cut it. They cut when you hit the, yeah. the, the jukebox and then it played that, which I thought was funny. Was funny. Um, you know, it's so funny. And then we have the George Stephanopoulos joke. Yes. Both of I us just, lusting for George. And I just saw uh, Allie Wentworth yesterday. His wife, yes. So to watch that. So I just sent her that clip. I recorded as I was watching this, <laughs> this episode. I sent that clip to her. And she just posted it on Instagram. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he came up a few times, I think. Uh, George yeah. was... Uh, and I didn't know who he was then. My young pea brain had no idea who George Stephanopoulos was at 27 years old. You well, know, and then... It seems to me, I could be wrong. You yeah. were the kind of guy that was like... Not necessarily into famous people. You 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 liked you liked the guy that was tending the bar. You liked the the waiter. Is that yeah, well, crazy? No, I, no, no. I, I I was I was I was into like all the people that came. Oh my god, I was so into all the people that came on the show. Like I couldn't believe Tom Bosley was on the show. No, but in life, I wasn't as um, interested in the world and politics. I was more Jack at the time when I was in. I was more right. interested in music and pop culture, and so yes, I was really into the celebrities and all that that came out of the show. Like when Madonna came out, I was like freaking out. Yeah, but but um, you know, it didn't. It wasn't until like I was thirty something, thirty thirty one. I was like, you know what? I should learn about this world we live in. <laughs> and then I got then I got really into politics. Then like you I got very now. very smart. One of the smartest yeah. guys I know. Um, oh, you're sweet. We get back. Um, yes. And, and there's Grace acting insane. Yes. Kind of a, I love that that bit about the doors, that she tried to close the doors and they yeah. wouldn't close. This was, is yeah, very funny. This, but this is, I want to talk to Dava about this too, as we did with uh, Tracy Post, because this is where the codependency that I was talking about um, is just so clear. I mean, there's a woman thinking that she, that my world's going to fall apart if I found her making out with a guy, you know, and that's, yeah. it is, it is the entire premise of the show that we're that connected, but yeah. there's also a little part of me watching it going, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought a little bit of that, but then I was like, but then my brain rationalized it with this was like, you guys are just best friends. That's what best, that's what best friends do. Yeah. And then I thought it was sweet. And then what's really sweet as we'll see is that she's right. Like in the end, I really am invested in my sadness more than I'm telling them. So <laughs> these are the things, look, I'm going to say this for the next, how many every years we do this podcast together, but this is when I laugh out loud at the little throwaway things that you do that I didn't catch when we taped it. I didn't catch when, you know, I was just an idiot. And now I'm watching it back. It's the dumbest line in the world, but it made me laugh out loud. You're like, do you need any more Karen's cooking? Did you? Because I thought I threw that whole thing into the lake, which is really, it's, a, it's not like a hard joke, which, which no. makes me laugh harder at it because it's not a, it's not a written you know, punchline kind of thing. Right. Like just because I threw that whole thing into the lake. <laughs> uh, that makes me laugh. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but and, here's, uh, now here's a bit I want to talk about because this uh -huh. is why I remember this episode. I don't remember the jokes, but I remember that the premise was you guys are trying to take my mind off of Michael. Yes. And the reason I remember it is because we finally get to this scene and she and I have this big back and forth. One of the first sort of really mad at each other volume fights. Yes. And I finally say, because you're right, kind of thing. And I sit down and I say, this is the first take. This audience, the audience has been sitting there for an hour and a half. 
So first take of the scene, I sit down and I say, I miss Michael. Yes, I love that. Do, do you remember what happened at that moment? No. Someone in the audience, an audience that probably <gasps> just got tickets because they were on a tour bus, never heard the show before. Somebody in the audience at that moment audibly went, ew. Wow. And, and Max Muchnick, our uh, co-creator, turned around on the spot and said, who was that? Who was that? Get the fuck out of my show. You get out of my show. Wow. And an audience member was thrown out. I kind of remember that. It yeah, was it. very huge. Of course, the rest of the audience applauded, but it was a time when the show, you know, you, you might go to a sitcom taping just because you've heard of it, but you've never seen it. And right. it was so clearly anti-gay. It was kind of amazing. I very I much love that. adored Max for just protecting yes, I love everything. That. Could he, he could have easily just, you know, put it inside, Here's, but he didn't. Did it, did it ruin, so that was the first take? Do you know that was the first take that they kept? Yeah. No, the, I, and, no then they went and did the second take. And I'm sure yeah. that what we see is the second take. Um, yeah. I mean, it was an ew that you could have cut out, but just the idea that he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting my actors perform for you. This is, you know, you're on board with the show right. or get out. It was pretty heavy. And uh, yeah. th that's 24 years ago. It is crystal clear in my mind. Wow, I love uh, that. I yeah. love that. Um, uh, and then what, what is this What is this kind of trivia about the 10th, but it aired 17th, and the, but she already did? Like, I don't understand this. So so what happens? So Grace, you, you say it's the, or she, you or one of you said, it's the first time Grace has been out with someone since breaking up with Danny. Ah. Uh, right? But right. she had been out with your brother. This is something that I think happened less and less in the, coming seasons, but for reasons I'm still trying to understand as we record this podcast, we were all over the place uh, order-wise. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting pushed a week because of baseball or something, but I don't remember them suddenly going, oh, that one's not airing till then. And I'm such a freaking type A that I would go, you can't, you can't, because I remember in that episode, I say something right. about this and they'd be like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Yeah. And sure enough, there are, there are things like this, which is... Um, it's not it's not accurate yeah and that audience just forgave it probably just because it's still new and they didn't keep tabs or yeah you know keep track of that stuff but um but regardless so then we're at the end and you guys are home in your pajamas which looks super cozy it was always cozy when we were, i wore pajamas on that set it was like because it felt like a real apartment yeah um and and you, she ends the the story uh <laughs> she wants to ration her hookup stories. And then um, and then it was so sweet at the end with the scarf, like I yeah. said. Like, that was great. What's the song? Do you remember the song? Oh, I will, uh, yeah. Um, that, yeah. The, the song is Third Eye Blind. And I think, what, you can, on one hand, you can count the number of times we actually used a song. Yeah. Which at that time on Gilmore Girls or Grey's Anatomy was constant. It was happening all the time. And, and, and Sex in the City. We rarely did it. But yeah, well, because it probably cost a lot, right? It cost a lot. And it was sort of somebody else's thing. We always had our piano, which could be quiet or it could be fast. But I, I thought it was really, really moving. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I loved that moment. It may, it finally just brought you into, you, you know, a side of, well, we hadn't really seen like that yeah. yet. In and really, I, and, I and important because you can tell America, no, 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 he's, he's, a, he's a man that really is looking for love and he's right. not any of the cliches you think, but I think yeah. this helped to show it, you know, yeah. that it was, he's by himself and uh, that scarf meant as much as if it was a 
you know, real person. Like, and sometimes yeah. when you weren't looking back in the backstage, I used it as a real person. So guys, when we come back, <laughs> we'll have the writer of this episode, Dava Savell, here to talk to us. Don't go anywhere. It's just Jack. And Will. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMed's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. <laughs> It's Dava Savelle. Hurrah! Oh my god! Oh, oh, my, god. oh, my, oh god. my god! Oh my god! Eric McCormick, you got a thing. <laughs> yes. I got it's a Broadway thing. I got to wear it for the uh, for the show. It's, she's referring to his mustache. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm coming to New York. I'm teaching at NYU. I'm teaching. Oh, at fantastic! Tish no way! My the, godson goes there. Really? Yes. His name is Jonah. Oh, I'm gonna fail him. So sorry. Any Jonah? Any Jonah? When did you start teaching? I didn't know you taught. You know what? I didn't. Uh, they asked me to come in to guest lecture, um, like, I don't know, last year. And then they said, hey, do you want to teach TV boot camp for the fall semester? And I thought, yeah. I guess. And then, really and then cool. the strike and happened. The strike. And I went, and I went I'm probably the only person I know is actually going to be working and making money. So <laughs> yeah. not a lot, but I'm going to make some money. I mean, it's like, it's like the both of us had no idea going, you know, committing to theater that we would... Uh, be the yeah. lucky ones. God, the two of you. I'm so glad to be here. I just, I love you guys. I, what a thrill. And it's, you know, to see, you know, that you got, uh, I know. I haven't seen each other in so long. It's been so forever. Long. Well, but so before so before Will and Grace, because we've had we've had Tracy Post on and John Canale, we've had a few writers. And it's always interesting for people to understand what was before, what we you know. And you were quite busy. And you yeah. were you were Grace Under Fire, uh, you yeah. were Darman Greg, uh, yeah. and and but and then you famously co-wrote the Big Ellen coming out episode the year before we even premiered. So you were you were kind of hot commodity in the uh, yeah. And, and did you was did you work with Alex on that Ellen show? Alex Hirschlag. Oh yeah, Alex Hirschlag. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's funny because um, uh, this week I'm shooting uh, my sixth documentary on the Ellen coming out episode for CNN. Oh my uh, we God. Found six documentaries. I mean, how many, right? It's wow. crazy. But Do um, people not know she's gay now? Yeah. I, you know, it's a funny <laughs> thing. They forgot, they forgot she's got to come out all over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and I told CNN, you know, you're a little behind the, you know, yeah. like 25 years yeah. late. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
Uh, you, cool. you know, I came on to, to Will and Grace. I mean, I know why I was hired. I mean, I was hired. I remember Max uh, Munchnick saying that, um, you know, we, that, you know, he didn't want to fall into a lot of the same holes that we fell into in Ellen, but you guys were, you were light years ahead of us. Um, I mean, I guess you took the ball and you ran with it. I mean, you started with gay characters and yet that really was the difference in the shows. Yeah. We started with a very straight character, supposedly, right. yeah. and we kind of shot her in the foot by having her come out. And that's what was eventually the demise of the show. Here's but, a, qu- here's uh, a question but, I've never asked Ellen. Uh, I, I, I'm asking you because I, I, I I'd see a few episodes, but I wasn't. Uh, openly watching a lot of it. Um, would someone who was paying a lot of attention to Ellen right up until that episode, I mean, middle America got incensed because suddenly this straight character was gay, but would someone who doesn't have those feelings, who was just paying attention, not be that surprised? Were the hints there, were the Easter eggs there that this woman um, really isn't comfortable dating men uh, or not? You know, you'd think, you would think, I think that uh, her, her, her audience that knew who sh- that she was gay, right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, they were, they were just, you know, chomping at the bit waiting for, you know, the big news to sort of, right. uh, to sort of come out. And we did, we did tease everybody along, especially that season. It was a big, big tease. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think where we took um, middle America by surprise was people like the Christian coalition and stuff. They were really, they were disgusted. And uh, of course, all so many of our, um, you know, our advertisers dropped out because they started, it was, it was, it was on, it was really the best of times and and the worst of times. It was, if you had to be part of something that was, and it was interesting because coming onto your show, you know, not to keep going back to your show, because this is not what this is about. Um, (laughs) But not at all. Not at all. It, um, (laughs) I remember coming off the show and thinking to myself that the next thing that I wanted to do, I wanted it, to mean something. I wanted, I want television to mean something. I want characters to be honest. I want there to be, I don't want it just to be set up jokes, set up, you know, I, I, it was, and so, and it was funny because when you guys asked me to come on this and especially for like Secrets and Lays for the episode that I wrote, um, funny enough, I actually had my first draft. I don't have a whole lot of first drafts, but for some reason I kept that one. Wow. And, Mm -hmm. And I read it and mine was so much more um, heartfelt in a weird way, more Hmm. honest, less jokey, more kind of, it's kind of like what we were coming off of with Ellen. Mm -hmm. I wanted to continue that in everything that I was doing. That's so interesting. I would love to go back. Wouldn't it be so interesting, Eric, to to read first drafts of all those episodes? Absolutely. That would be fascinating. You would be shocked. I'm sure. You would be shocked. Because we never saw them. Yeah. No, no. And, um, um, it, uh, in fact, for that episode, I, you know, my first draft, uh, took place in the Hamptons. Uh, mm-hmm. that's where they went on vacation. And then, and then Max and David changed it to, you know, going into, you know, the winter wonderland up in the, in the mountains, which, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. It was like, wait a minute. 
how would you know why does karen have a cabin exactly in a place that she doesn't seem like she would ever go exactly and why would will ever think he could possibly bump into an old boyfriend or have any kind of memories of an old boyfriend in in someplace you know in the mountains it's ridiculous you know the hamptons i mean that's you live in new york you go to the the hamptons for our listeners that don't know i mean a writer's first draft once they've all been assigned their their different you're, you're in charge of this episode and they come in, there's going to be several more drafts with just the room long before the writers, I mean, the uh, the actors see it. <clears throat> so right. we, right. it would be like, unless, you know, you and I had drinks and you said, I got to tell you, I wrote a, ha- a much more heartfelt, less jokey. I would never know. I would never know. You'd never know. Yeah. You'd never know. Except I'll tell you something. I remember doing an episode of Ellen. We were really, really uh, behind the eight ball. We were, uh, it, was a, it was a hard year. And uh, I wrote an episode. Uh, we didn't have time to take it to the table. We didn't, we, we didn't, the writers never touched it. And everybody sort of gave me a hard even though I was running the show, they gave me a hard time saying, well, this is going to suck. And I'm like, uh, well, maybe it won't. Anyway, went right to uh, the table read, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. She didn't want to yeah. change anything. She loved it. And wow. my, my writers actually were, they were a little incensed. They were like, well, why can't all of our drafts go mm-hmm. right to, to Ellen? And, you know, they're right. Why couldn't they? Yeah. You know, you know, we get into this system where we just think, you know, instead of really taking a look at what is written and giving something a friggin' chance, considering it's a process and we're not shooting until a Friday, you know what I mean? Give things chances to breathe and let, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. If they think this joke's going to work or this moment is going to work, mm-hmm. let it happen. But we don't because, you know, we don't. That's the way, you know, the system <laughs> Is, uh, is There's also up? such a time clock on it that I was just, yeah. I was actually, the other day, I was, I think I might have said this to you, Sean, last week, that I was on stage and I suddenly realized I hadn't looked at my script in two weeks because we were open, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought, what was the last time I had real time to just live with a script and a character, know exactly what I'm doing, be able to polish the stone? You know, Will and Grace, we were memorizing jokes that we were given that day. We knew our characters, but the script was constantly changing day after day, week after week. And so nothing gets a chance to just breathe for a few days. Not really. Right. There is no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, and I just would have I would have personally loved to have seen more of that. I would have loved to have seen a little less, uh, you know. (laughs) It's really hard to say this considering True. the show is such a friggin' hit. So, you know, yeah, I'd like to see it worse. Um, I would, I would, you know, but I wanted to sort of delve into more. But then again, I was there first season. Yeah. And there's um, there's an innocence about the first season, which I really love. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that the, I love being able to contribute in the sense that I think other than Tracy, I was the only straight woman on this, on the show. And I sort of felt like I sort of had, you know, Deborah's back in that sense mm-hmm. and wanted to make sure that she was um, she was being honestly portrayed and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the end, it actually, you know, bit me in the ass because, you know, I was fired. Right? Well, uh, yeah. We, yeah. we didn't bring that up. But if you feel like talking about it, I kind of figured out I kind of figured the sentence I was only there for one season was the leading part of. I was absolutely, fired. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Broke my heart. Broke yeah, my heart. Yeah. But, um, I remember seeing you and being like, wait, where's da- where did Dava go? I had no idea. Next season, I was like, where did she go? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a very, I mean, I, I don't care. It's been so many years. And Max, of course, gave me the official, 
you know, apology and then help my daughter get into Emerson. So, you know, it's a big watch. It's a big watch. Yeah. Was there a difference? What, what, what was there not was, There was an actual definitive moment. There really? really was. And for me, it was like yesterday. For you, you won't remember, but maybe you will. But there was... Um, there was a moment, oh gosh, it must have been, I don't know which episode. We really weren't very far into the season. And um, it was, I, I think it was the one where she was shaving her legs in, in the small bathroom mm-hmm. and, and she wanted a bigger bathroom for herself. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, third episode. Yeah. It, third episode, exactly. And then, um, and then what happened was that there was a moment where she had this sort of... Um, she had a, you know, her and Will had a had a whole conversation about what her feelings were and stuff. And the guys wrote it for the first, you know, at the table read. And it, it was flat. It didn't work because it's, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't come from a woman's point of view, but it didn't come from a woman's point of view. Right. So it was flat. And I said something to them and I said, you know, I, I think you get, and they didn't want to change it. And I said, okay, you know, I'm not the boss here. And by the way, I made it very, very clear that I never, ever, ever wanted to take over the show or even get even close. I was so happy to be a, a side player after coming off of Ellen and all that craziness that mm-hmm. year. So um, so then we had, um, so like you can tell your viewers, I mean, Monday you have your table read and then you do a pass on it. Yep. And then Tuesday, um, you know, you have your, um, your producers uh, read, you know, your producers run through. And then we all, as producers, writers, uh, get to see how it works. And then if that doesn't work, we do one more change because Wednesday is the biggie because that's the network run through. Yeah. And on Tuesday, uh, the guys had, rewrote, had rewritten it and came in and again, it laid flat. And we, I'll never forget, we walked back to the offices from the stage and Max came up to me. He had rolled his script up and he said, here, you write it. And he went home. And so everybody else in the, all the other writers stayed to rewrite all the jokes, whatever, punch up what didn't work. And I took the scene. And, uh, and then for the uh, network run through, Deborah did the scene. And um, when she was done, it worked so beautifully, and she was so happy that she, after the scene was over, she broke, and she came over to me, and she gave me a hug mm. and a kiss, and she whispered in my ear, thank you so much for this. Wow. And that literally nice. was nice. the kiss of death, because um, they were, I mean, you know, Max later, years later, told me that he was, he just saw the handwriting on the wall. He thought, oh, my God, you know. I mean, Deborah was you know, the, the, at that time was really the big name of the show. Yeah. You know, she was the, the one name that people really knew more right. than anybody else. But, um, and he, I guess, thought that, um, I don't know, I'd somehow get in there, whatever. And and he felt terrible about it. But I think that... Um, I think every time but, I talk to, to writers uh, in sitcom rooms in particular, uh, it, it will always be fascinating for me because it takes... Tremendous ego to go into a room like that and believe you're funny. And it takes tremendous blows to the ego every day from the people yeah. who run the show, from the people yeah. that don't laugh at your pitches, from the actors yeah. that don't understand your pictures or, or deliver them. <laughs> it's all, it's all your asses out there every day. Yeah. Every day, every day. Uh, yeah. And also, but there's, you know, when you're running a show, you know, it's all about, it's all about trusting your staff and, and, and delegating 
Mm-hmm. And knowing if you don't have the strength in one area, you give it to somebody else. I mean, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why you create a staff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me ask you a question about this episode. When you were watching this specific specific one that you wrote back after all these years, what did you feel as you were just watching the episode as a as a as a bystanding audience member? Well, it, it, you know, that's a great question. And you tell me, am I wrong or did they cut? There was a scene. Where we're, you know, what I'm talking about right? Yeah. Where Will and 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 Will and Jack are do? in a bar, and, and then they they cut away. Yeah, yeah. Because and they don't. It Tom Bosley was the guest star, and he uh, wasn't God, God rest him was not particularly funny, and he was not particularly committed to playing a gay character, and it just lay flat, and they just snipped it out. So, but 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 really, what that did in my original script was that Jack catches Will at, it was, it was at a, you know, a, a Southampton, um, you know, coffee shop where mm-hmm. he and Michael would meet and have coffee every morning. And, um, and going back to that coffee shop, there was this beautiful, I mean, I, I just read it this morning and I, it's a beautiful moment where, you know, Jack is totally on to Will and Will is so vulnerable and mm-hmm. feels so horrible. And meanwhile, you know, Grace is on a beach, you know, screwing some guy that she just met and she's totally over her whole deal. And mm-hmm. and here Will's heart is just, it, it just breaks. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful scene. Did they want a beautiful scene? No, that's not what they wanted. They wanted the comedy. And obviously it wasn't, it didn't, it, to me, I don't think the episode held up because they, they took the, they took the legs from out of it. Mm-hmm. They, the moment of, of, why this guy is, I mean, unless they were changing that whole what? scene, mm-hmm. it was just to meet somebody else and get your mind off the guy that you loved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So but the whole thing, I, what I'm getting from, the whole thing was a positive experience. Where did, um, <laughs> spra- <laughs> where did the word, where did the word spramp come from? I have no idea. No idea. I was just curious. <laughs> so, you know what? Sounds like an Those Adam things, pitch. Yeah. I don't know. It could be an Alex pitch too. Alex is, you know. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was uh, even uh, on Ellen, any anything that came out of his mouth went yeah, right know. in the script. He so was funny. so friggin' brilliant. But yeah. Dava, it, it, we were so lucky to have you, even for that short time, and and, and your talent uh, and everything. Thank I, you for being on that show and this show today. You are I, awesome. I loved it so much. It was one of my favorite experiences. I got to be with Michael Patrick King. Yeah. Yep. The two of us who are executive consultants. I don't know who made up that name, but it paid very well. So <laughs> I thank you for that. Good. And I loved meeting you guys again after all these years. I well, mean, this thanks. is so beautiful. I know. I love this. All right, guys. All right, love honey. you both. Love you and too, I wish honey. you best. Good to Bye-bye see you. Now. See you soon. Uh, I love seeing her. Love, I love it when. Here's what I love. I love all the writers. I want all the writers to come on over and over again because we hear shit that we wouldn't. We still haven't yeah. heard until now. I mean, at least our, I haven't. Our, our journey was in the beginning. We were too focused on our shit to to really understand someone was coming up with this gold for us. And then eventually, we got involved in our own lives and we forgot to stay involved. It was just. It was a. A period there where I, I went, oh my God, look at what these guys are coming up with and handing it to us and fixing it and changing it. and Yeah, I know. It. It's, it's so amazing. much work. Uh, so. But now, guys, before we set you listeners free for the week, let's check out the old mailbag. Remember the old mailbag? The old my, mailbag. My, my new nickname. And yeah. see what you've sent in. Yeah. Question from Shane P. I'm Sean P. But Shane P. in Florida 
who says he's been rewatching the whole show from the beginning since we announced the podcast. And it's currently on season three. <laughs> Slow down. Episode six. So way, way ahead of us. Shane says, when Will and Grace first aired, I was discovering my sexuality and the show helped me be okay with myself while living in a small town in Mississippi. The season eight finale aired the same month I graduated high school. Wow. So I really did grow up with this show and grew up with Will as my first TV crush. Ooh. My question is about scenes that are filmed on Will's patio. There aren't many shot from this angle, uh, one being at the end of 111, Will on Ice. The camera's on the patio facing toward the inside of Will's apartment, and a fourth wall where the camera and production crew wouldn't be normally is in the background. When these scenes were filmed, was the same patio we normally see used and a temporary wall slid into place, or was there a replica of the patio built so the audience members could see you guys? By the way, Will is still my team. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, pal. Um, good. I love questions about how the, yeah. the, the bread gets made really. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the truth we've mentioned this a few times that, sh- that, um, Jimmy Burroughs, our, our director didn't love to mess unnecessarily with, by taking things outside or, you know, if, if so eventually we had scenes in cars, that took a lot of time and lighting and green screens. And, you know, he loved the pure comedy of four people on a set, but once in a while scenes really called for something like the balcony and it was a deal. And I, I'm trying to remember Shawnee, if we would yeah. just pre-shoot those scenes without, and then show them to the audience or, or, or if we would slide the, um, slide the wall in front so they couldn't see us, but still do it live so they could at least experience it with us. Yes, I think, if I remember, I think he, Jimmy slid the wall in, put the cameras back there, yeah. and we would do it, and the audience would just have to watch on monitors. I think you're right. It was not no easy... To, these cameras that we used back in the day, uh, very yeah. big. Film, on film. Very on film, very, very large, required a, a, a dolly grip with some strength, moving things yeah. around. So to get one or two back there in front of the, the scrim that, uh, that looks like New York City, I mean, it was, it was a deal. So um, yeah. I'm sure once in a while, Jimmy would say, oh, guys, this doesn't have to be on the balcony. Yeah. But it's like, I, I agree with you, I like Shane, it. that sometimes that space was so special because we hadn't used it. And I think of specifically... Um, you and I, after you, you come out or uh, when you're oh, about yeah. to come out to your mother. Yeah. Uh, very sweet. I love that. Very beautiful. I love that little been space. Even the first, one of the first scenes. Um, and by the way, now that we're talking about it, remember you had two big clunky, massive cameras back there or three, mm-hmm. and then a little wind, a little fan to create the, the idea that there's wind out on the balcony. So uh, we would always be doing oh, right. our scenes right. and I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's always be like wind blowing up the dust and stuff, but, uh, but great question. Um, yeah. and that is, that is the answer, Shane. Thank you for, for uh, writing in and telling us that. Um, and if you'd like to send your own question, uh, email us at justjackandwill at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 818-308-4012. Again, 818-308-4012. Sean is standing by to take your call. <laughs> That's what that's my job is now. Next week's episode is 118. Grace replaced the debut of Molly Shannon as Val. Oh my God, I loved her. And also our first episode aired on Thursday nights. It's a big one. It is. Can't wait to talk about that one. Watch it before, watch it after, whatever you want to do. I kind of don't want to go. I just want to keep talking about the show. I know. Spramped if you do, spramped if you don't. Okay, first of all, just because you use your hands doesn't make it a word. <laughs> Just Jack and Will is produced by Smartless Media. 
Produced, engineered, and edited by Devin Tory Bryant. That's me. Our talent producer is Ann Harris. Our associate producer is Maddie McCann. Invaluable assistance by Michelle Laparo and Nick Dote. Music by Scott Eisnogel, Lior Rosner, and Raina Larson. Although the Just Jack and Will sting is my fault. Executive producers are Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. Executive producers for Smartless Media are Richard Corson and Bernie Kaminsky. Meet you back here next week for more Just Jack and Will. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Just Jack and Will early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture. But it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. <laughs> 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire. Yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade, life-size cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Follow Class of 88 on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.